listening to a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper, podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. My name is Dr. Castro, and we have many, many things to discuss. So let's not delay and get to reading the news with the Bible in your hands. And so uh, to start off, we're just going to catch up on some things that we have already talked about in the past. Um, Coach K, Coach Mike Strzeski from the Duke Blue Devils, coached his last college basketball game this past weekend against his rival, North Carolina. They lost in a very close game, very great game, probably will be a instant classic um on saturday and which is interesting about coach k if you don't know there's a big article in the wall street journal uh this week about that he almost got fired uh he was hired in 1982 in january 1984 his third season uh, after going 10 and 17 and 11 and 17 in his first two years they were had lost just lost a game by 33 points and continued to lose to North Carolina, who at the time had the great Michael Jordan. So it makes sense that they would lose to North Carolina. But uh, athletic director Tom Butters of Duke, who passed away just a few years ago, um, there's a lot of alumni uh, and, and pressure to fire Coach K. Um, but obviously, he didn't fire Coach K. Famously, he ripped up his contract and gave him an extension. Um, and after that point, Coach K went down as one of the greatest basketball coaches in college basketball's history. He ended up winning over 11,000 games at Duke and won five national championships. So AD Tom Butters made the right decision by not firing him. So sometimes coaches, I think what's so interesting about the article is if Coach K was coaching now, meaning if he was an a young coach now he probably would have gotten fired but yet duke uh stuck with him ad tom butter stuck with him and the rest as they say is is history and also what happened uh not obviously it happened not this past weekend but the weekend before but i didn't talk about it because honestly i didn't really know uh, we had other things i wanted to talk about but the will smith and the oscars and the Slapgate. Um, if you have been living under a rock and you do not know, or if you wanted to forget and now I'm bringing it back up again, um, Will Smith slapped uh, comedian Chris Rock as he was presenting um, an award for best documentary or whatever. And um, he made a joke about Will Smith's wife. And Will Smith walked on stage, slapped him, and then kind of cussed him out a little bit um, from his seat. And um, interesting enough, it was very much talk of discussion at uh, with SNL. Um, I think it was mentioned several times. They had a, um, a skit uh, about the, the slap and uh, their um, host discussed it uh, in his monologue. And, um, you know, so obviously it's been asked to a lot of different people in Hollywood. And I liked actually what Michael Bay, director Michael Bay, said recently um, as he was preparing, as he's promoting his latest movie, Ambulance. Uh, he said, first of all, it's wrong to begin with. But, talking about Will Smith's action, he's, it's not like Michael Bay is, is saying what, what, what Will Smith did was right. But he kind of continues here. He says, but that's all people are talking about. 
and I don't really care. Hollywood gets really self-absorbed. There are babies getting blown up in Ukraine right now. We should be talking about that. I think that's really a great take on this whole issue. And a lot of people are talking about, yes, it was wrong. And the problem is, is I'm talking about it too, but I want to kind of point to a, a bigger issue here that it really kind of, I think, brings out some of the emotional immaturity of Americans right now. As America becomes consumed with this, I would say, more comfortable story. I mean, it's a black man slapping a black man. It's a... Um, it's a... Uh, it's, it's Hollywood. It's... it's uh, There's... It's this kind of a manageable story as we are in the midst of a very uncomfortable event going on in our world. When recently mass graves of Ukrainian civilians have been discovered in in Ukraine, which is in a city near Kiev in Bakha, Bakha, B-U-C-H-A, and they found 400 bodies of civilians and they were they found in these massive graves in this town that only i think has less than 40,000 residents they have been found with uh these bodies have been found with um evidence of torture rape um photos in the wall street journal show the horror uh of what happened by russian military in this city where civilians are bodies are laying in the streets in the in backyards of, of homes and their leader Zelensky said concentrate concentrated evil has come to our land and there's these pictures you know on on news news um, outlets online and in newspapers and magazines but yet people want to talk about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock for many in the West, their worldview has little comprehension for concentrated evil like what we're seeing in Ukraine. And the revelations of gruesome actions by Russian forces in Ukraine leaves many in the West with little understanding on how to respond. Therefore, the Will Smith slap of Chris Rock is a manageable distraction from deeper issues going on in our world. Evil is real. We live in a fallen world where humans will destroy one another for whatever reason. And even though God created all humans in his image, some will destroy other image bearers because they believe their desires are superior to the basic needs of others. They place themselves as gods over others in determining who deserves to live and to die. And we don't really know how to deal with that because as I'll talk about next is lordship issues is that people are putting their their wants their desires above the desires of others that their individualness is more important than others and basically what we have is people declaring themselves as gods being able to judge who should live and who should die i think many in the west need to stop and consider the reality of evil in our world right now what hope does our world have for peace if we would stop and ignore the stupid stories like will smith slapping chris rock 
if we think about what's going on, that there is real evil in the world. And what hope does our world have for peace? We thought that after World War II, that after the Vietnam War, after all these different conflicts, after the Cold War, that these type of things would stop. But they continue to happen. Technology doesn't isn't drawing us closer together. and Instead, it seems like people are pulled further apart. And I think the importance of understanding where real true peace is in our world, it's found only in Christ Jesus, who came, lived, suffered, died, and rose to secure peace between us and God the Father and between each other. It's only in Christ where we see events like what we're seeing in Kiev and Ukraine. If we want to see these things stop, if we want to see these tragedies, these concentrated evil, it only happens through the gospel of Christ Jesus. When those who trust in the gospel and are redeemed and transformed by the power of God, do we see peace happen. And you, you could say as a rebuttal, well, Ukrainians, they they believe in God and Russians believe in God. They're Christian. They're both Christian nations, but they're not Christian nations. Just because they have the Orthodox Church, just because the Russians have churches in the Kremlin, I've been to these churches, they're not Christian at all. They celebrate Russian Identity. They celebrate Russian nation, uh, nationality. They they celebrate the nation and the culture, but they do not celebrate Christ. And they do not worship and praise Christ at all. I think that's important that we realize just because you have a church, just because you have a cross on a building, does not make it Christian. Does not make it Christ honoring, Christ glorifying, and therefore you don't have peace. It's only trust in Christ Jesus alone do you have peace. Not trust in Jesus plus trust in my ethnic group or trust in my national identity. That's what's going on in Russia. It's a trust in national identity that Putin is trying to promote, that we as Russians are superior to Ukrainians and our worldview is more superior than them. Therefore, we're the gods of this region and we determine who has authority and doesn't have authority. And that is the big topic that I really want to get into because Moving on, and I don't want to say that Disney is Russia, so just by association, but there's a similar issue going on. Uh, this is an article uh, in the uh, editorial section of the paper this week. Um, Disney decides to go for woke by Gerhard Baker. And what he talks about here, what Baker talks about is the response by Disney to the new uh, law in Florida, which is being famously called the don't say gay law. But what is properly, and I think what is more of the formal title is Florida's parental rights and education law, which was signed by Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, just this past week. It prohibits classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in K through three, three grades. 
or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. And those who are are arguing against this 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 law against this uh, parental rights law, opponents dub it the "Don't Say Gay" bill and see it as part of a long history of efforts to target the LGBTQ plus community for political gain. And so, what ended up happening was is that the the view the the kind of after the law after the the bill was signed by the governor. What was Disney, who famously is in the state of Florida, right? The Disney World is in Orlando or just outside Orlando. And so there was a there was a delay response by Disney. It wasn't until after pressure from Disney employees that Disney chose to publicly criti- criticize the bill and committed to working for the bill's repeal. They said, Disney, this is Disney said, our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislator or struck down in the courts. And remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that end. Yeah, it's not surprising that Disney and and actually it's interesting, it's rivals like Netflix and some of the other uh, major uh, entertainment corporations. Um, they have not come out and publicly stated anything about the bill. Disney is, is quoted here. This is from uh, a professor at the University of Southern California Center for Public Relations. He says, it is our, it's, Disney's in his own league. Disney's a major cultural force in this country and abroad. The eyes are always on Disney. The US, at USC Center did a study that showed the extent to which companies increasingly are taking stands on matters not directly related to their area of business. I mean, what's happening in which is an educational issue. It's a, it's a law that's 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 prohibiting what states can, what the state of Florida can do when it comes to teaching uh, sexuality or sex-related issues to kindergartens to third grade. It's an education issue. Therefore, it's not an entertainment issue. It's not a uh, entertainment business issue. It's not a content issue. That Disney is obviously in that business. But as the USC Center uh, of Public Relations is saying is that companies like Disney are having to somewhat uh, take a stand on issues that don't necessarily relate to their area of business. Uh, They continue, it matches what employees want. That is what we are seeing with Disney here. They are getting more serious or accommodating to their stakeholders in addition to their shareholders, stakeholders being their employees. So this one, I'm just going to read somewhat of a, a basic summary of this bill. This is the Parental Rights in Education Law. It requires district school boards to adopt procedures that comport with certain provisions of law for notifying student parents of specific specified information. Requires such procedures to reinforce fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding upbringing and control of their children. It prohibits school districts from adopting procedures or student support forms that prohibit school district personnel from notifying parents about specified information or that encourages students to withhold from parents such information. Prohibits school district personnel from discouraging or prohibiting parental notification and involvement in critical decisions affecting students' mental, emotional, or physical well-being. 
prohibits classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in certain grade levels and requires school districts to notify parents of health care services, authorize parents to bring action against school districts to obtain declaratory judgments, provides for additional awards of injunctive uh, relief, damages, and reasonable attorney fees, attorney fees, and court costs to certain parents. I just want to highlight one one phrase or one sentence of this um, summary. This is and this is from the the uh, government the government of Florida. It reinforces fundamental rights of parents to make decisions regarding upbringing and control of their children. So, again, the, the, this is a, a, a law f- to give, give parents the right to discuss sexuality and sex, sexual preferences when it comes to children between the ages of five and eight. And another kind of uh, important statement to make about this law, a school district may not encourage classroom discussion about sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students. Again, we're not talking about high school kids. We're not talking about college students. We're talking about kindergarten to third grade. And the importance here is not determining what the government thinks is appropriate for children, but what parents think is appropriate for children. So, well, I believe this ball is legit. This bill is legitimate. I believe it's just. So, what should be our response to this law? What should be our response actually to the news about Disney's public desire to repeal this law? Roger R. Baker's article in the Wall Street Journal provides a thoughtful outline of the implications of Disney's actions to side with LGBTQ LGBTQ plus groups fight on this law in their backyard. He wrote, if executives of the Walt Disney Corporation are serious about tackling the, the uh, endemic poison of cisgendered white parochial ideology in our wicked society it's high time they revisited their enormous back catalog of works that have promoted this propaganda for far too long so what he's basically saying is is that disney if they believe this that um that this that gender fluidity and that uh that you know people people can make their own affirmation about what is what is sexuality? What is uh, what is gender? It's not determined by biology. It's determined by per- people's just basically their own preference. If that's what they are agreeing with, then any type of restriction on that is is unjust in any way. Even to the point of of, of basically saying that kindergartens to third grade students should not be inundated with these discussions and these positions because it's not appropriate for that age level that Disney should consider changing all of their back catalog movies. Things like Peter Pan should not be called Peter Pan but Peter Pan sexual or no longer being lost boys but lost people. Pinocchio is not wanting to be a real boy but a real whatever. They should tell a 1984 this and go back and change the past. 
change their catalog. Baker wrote, it's easy to mock, but when a company whose products have entertained, enlivened, and enriched the lives of billions of children and their parents decides it must take a stand against the parental rights and education bill, what does it expect? By joining in the campaign to distort the objective of Florida's new law, defame the people behind it, and deprive parents of the right to determine whatever their children as young as five should be taught about sexual orientations or gender identity in the, in the classroom, Disney executives invite something much worse than ridicule. They risk placing themselves on the side of a small minority of rep- unrepresentative ideologies who are trying to remake the relationship between children, their parents, and their teachers. Hey, what is the implications of Disney? I don't think they're thinking through the implications. That what they're siding with and who they're siding against, they're going to have to make some very difficult decisions about their past and what they sided with in, in the past. And I think what Disney is hardly a company for children exclusively anymore. And I think that is kind of really the ball game here is that Disney is over the last few decades is far more an adult entertainment company than it was it is a children's company even though walt disney's original uh, intent was to create a company for children to give children uh and and celebrate stories for children and creating a place for children now if you go to disney world or you go to disneyland or even go to disney plus most of their content is actually directed to adults most mostly adult millennials and adult Gen Zers who still kind of want to live in this kind of child nostalgia. And so what have they done in the, over the past several years? They've invested in Marvel. They've invested in Star Wars and Fox. So Disney has become the company for adult millennials and Gen Zs. So those investments have placed them in the center of this identity politics war. While many of their devoted cu- uh, customers support the intentions of the law of Florida, Disney has sided with those who consider them as bigots. And I think Disney is put in a situation where most of their employees are so enraged by the law that they are in some ways crying out for the executives of Disney to side with them. And so Disney has chosen to side with them. Not even thinking about the implications of number one, basically saying that that a lot of your devoted customers who agree with the bill are actually now bigots, and also you have been promoting through your back catalogs, through your histories of movies, you've been supporting a view that there is actually definitively. objective sexes, male and female. I mean, when you walk into Disney, boys are called princesses princes, and girls are called princesses. When you walk into Disney World, they give you that label. Are they going to stop doing that? Disney, who at one time celebrated pluralism, has fallen on the side of a closed and intolerant society. That's, that's a really interesting part of this whole issue is that what used to be, or we used to celebrate 
tolerance and pluralism where like different ideas can come to the to the same place. You know, Disney just creates this this place where it, it celebrates happiness, it celebrates fun. It celebrates this and people come in with their different ideas and their different thoughts and they come and they all enjoy the rides and they wear their ears and they enjoy the food and they have a good time. But now companies like Disney's are there's these lines being drawn where there's actually a more closed society, a more intolerant society that says you have to agree with what we agree with. We're going to pay force our views on you. You must adapt to us. And so really the the big issue here is lordship. Who is actually lord? Who is actually king? In Carl Truman's book, The Rise of, of Triumph of the Modern Self, writes, For the expressive individual to receive recognition means that the assumptions of express of expressive individualism must be the assumptions of society as a whole for the individual to be king society must recognize the supreme value of the individual so what you have is you have a small minority of people who want to be recognized as as and and, and recognize and and their identity celebrated while at the time it clashes with the largest societies understanding of how to protect children how to educate so this statement goes to the heart of the issue. John Frame wrote, The fundamental teaching of Scripture is that God is Lord. When everyone runs around saying that they are Lord or corporations and institutions feel forced to recognize that authority, but no individual or group is Lord but God himself. No one group of people, not one person who says, Well, I am a female even though I look like a male. You are not king. You are not Lord. And what you want is you want recognition from the entire society of who you are and what you identify with. But the bigger issue is, is that you are not Lord. You are not King. You cannot declare yourself by your own, um, your own desires, what you are. God determines who you are. Exodus chapter six, verse seven, I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. God is Lord. And as Lord, he declares his authority over all life in his word. Jesus Christ, God's son, is Lord as well. As we see in Philippians chapter 2, Therefore God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. John Frame wrote also, The most fundamental element of the gospel is Jesus, not the distinctives of the various denominations and historic traditions, not this creed or that creed, this confession or that confession, not this emphasis or that emphasis, this method or that method, not this liturgy or that liturgy. It is not even the particular doctrines that constitute together the overall content of systematic theology. Jesus himself is our creator, our redeemer, our prophet, priest, and king. So everything we do as Christians should be done to Jesus as Lord. He's Lord. There is no million kings running around 
desperately needing recognition of their authority and lordship. God's word has given parents authority over their children. The government does not have the authority to declare what a child should know about sexuality or sexual orientation. An employee at Disney does not have the authority to declare what a child that's not their own should know about sexuality or sexual orientation. They may feel a certain way. They may need recognition from the largest society of a, of a certain uh, preference or a certain identity, but they cannot determine what a child knows who's not their own. They have their own child. They can have those conversations. They can have those conversations as early as they desire as parents over their children, but they do not have the authority over other parents' children. And I'm just going to say this. If you're listening today and you uh, and you agree with Disney's actions and support the LGB, LGBTQ plus agenda and believe the Florida law is legislative bigotry, I want to say that the children between the ages of five and eight should never be used in a political game, which I believe most of this is all about. I believe this is a political game. I think people who are yelling and, 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 and upset about this law are totally ignoring the children involved. They're caring only about themselves. They only care about their own hearts, their own lives. There's a self-focusedness and a pride that's being displayed here. And I'm not really sure what the intentions of the Florida legislator are, but I do believe parents have the right over their children, especially the ages between five and eight. I believe that that extends even all the way up to 18. But we're not talking about 18-year-olds. We're not talking about 16-year-olds. We're talking about five to eight-year-olds. And parents do have authority over those children. I have authority over my children. If I don't want my daughter or son who are in those two, in between those age groups, if I don't want them to be taught by their teacher about sexual orientation or sexuality because they're too young and it's inappropriate, which it is, then I have the right as their father to determine when I think it's appropriate for them to have those conversations. And I believe Disney's wrong to publicly criticize this law because even if they feel forced into this discussion because of their employees, the law does not infringe on anyone's rights. It gives rights to parents over their young, young, primary age, primary grade children. Instead, the law gives parents the authority to discuss sexuality and sexual preference and sexual orientation with their five to eight-year-olds. And God has given them that authority. He has. Children, honor your father and mother. Honor them. They have authority over your life. God has given children, uh, given parents authority over their children. The law does not infringe on anyone's rights. If you are a lesbian, if you are a transgender, if you are gay, and you are mad about this law, that's fine. But your rights are not being infringed. They're not. And using the name don't say gay law is inappropriate because that's not the name of the law. It's a law about parental rights over their children in the area of education. Regardless if you desire to admit it, God has authority over your life. You do not give him authority. He has it already. You simply refuse to honor what is true. You're fighting a, victor a, vict a, 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 a you're fighting a war that you cannot win. So I'm going to encourage you 
to recognize God's lordship over you. Receive his salvation. Live free under his loving care. Stop this race of expressive individualism. You will lose in the end. All knees will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth at the lordship of Christ Jesus. We see this in Philippians 2. And you can say, well, that's to God's word and that's not true. It will happen. God declared it in his word and God has Lord, his lordship over the world. It's his creation. And his word is his declaration of his authority. And he says that Christ Jesus, his son, is Lord and all knees will bow. And the question is, will you do it as a redeemed child of God or as a judge sinner who refused to recognize what is true, that Jesus is Lord? For Christians listening to this today, I'm not going to tell you to boycott Disney or to cancel your Disney Plus subscription. Some of you might be led to do that. Some of you may not be led to do that. Let us not use this event as a cause for disunity, which will unfortunately happen. Let's not use this as a as a way to throw meta at one another. Or, I can't believe you would support Disney. Or, I can't believe you wouldn't support Disney. Like, let's just not get into that. That's not Christian. We as Christians under the Lordship of Christ ought to love one another and put others before ourselves and be unified. So we actually can fall into the same category of those who don't submit to Christ's Lordship in the way that we treat one another. Be free within your decision for your family. However, we must be wise as serpents here. We cannot be naive to think that Disney is harmless. I think this is this event, this 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 story is this this news basically definitely says that Disney's not our friend. They're not our friend. They have publicly joined an agenda that hates Christ and his bride, his church. Disney is not our friend. Therefore, as the great Oz Guinness wrote, if you're going to dine with the devil, make sure you do it with a long, long fork. Be cautious and be aware when it comes to Disney. Make sure you know what your children are watching on Disney+. Plus. Don't be naive to think that it's harmless because it's on Disney+. Plus. We cannot think that way any longer. And if you find yourself going to Disney every year, I'm not saying you don't go to Disney, but maybe consider a different vacation destination if you find yourself going to Disney every year. And I think the reason why I say that, I'm not saying don't go to Disney World, but I think here, here's what I'm saying. Here's what my, uh, I'm saying, uh, what my heart's telling you. Is do not center your life around Disney. They're not our friend. They have sided with a group that hates Christ. And many, many, many have and are sitting in their lives around Disney. They go there every year. A lot of their vacation money goes to Disney. They support all their movies. They're, they're dedicated Disney Plus subscribers. Do not center your life around Disney. Be steadfast against the schemes of the devil. Walk in the truth of God's word. Do not be deceived. Be aware. Be cautious. There's a movie coming out uh, about Buzz Lightyear. It's like a, a it's like a, a origin story about him. Supposedly, there is a male-on-male kiss in this movie, and it's an animated movie. I'm not telling you not to go to the movie. Go see this movie when it comes out. I'm not telling you not to watch it on Disney+. Plus. I'm just telling you to be aware. Be cautious. 
If you're going to dine with the devil, make sure you carry a long fork. Thank you so much for listening to Apostrophe in this newspaper. If you enjoy what you listen to, share this podcast on your social media channel. I would appreciate it. I'll be back next week with a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper, helping you read the news with your Bible in your hand. Have a good week.